The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio. I'm happy to be here with you again for another week. Well, I just wanted you to know that we are launching our monthly The Pet Buzz newsletter next week, and I want you to sign up for it at newsletter at thepetbuzz.com. Find out what Dr. Fleck and I are up to. Okay, so before we have our weekly countdown, I want to let you know that it is true. A Hong Kong dog has been confirmed as the first case of human-to-animal transmission of the corona COVID, that's C-O-V-I-D slash 19. So this Pomeranian has a low-level infection of the disease, which has been spreading across the world and may soon reach pandemic levels. So the little dog is now under quarantine at the Agricultural, Fisheries, and Conservation Department for further testing. I have to admit that I'm scared for the lives of other dogs in Asia because in 2003, we saw many dogs lose their lives because of SARS. People there, people had started throwing dogs and cats out the window. They've already reported to be throwing cats out of windows, killing them, uh, because there was uh, some speculation that cats were spreading the virus. So we'll have more on the coronavirus next week. But for now, let's move on with our weekly countdown. Four. So if you have ever gotten bitten when breaking up a dog bite in the dog park, You don't want to miss this interview. Dog guru Robin Bennett is joining us to talk about what to do and how to prevent dog fights at the dog park. And three, award-winning bloggers Carol Bryan and Maggie Martin, friends of mine, are joining us to talk about pet blogging for love and money. They have a new book out. So if you want to get your side hustle on and or start a new career in pet writing, this could be something that could be great for you. Okay, and two, who doesn't want to listen to Celebrity Pet News and Flex Facts? Let's find out what Wills and Kate are up to since Megan and Harry have moved on to a new life across the pond. And find out about bringing canine germs or doggy germs into the house from the outside. Everyone's concerned about germs now because of corona. And one, if the truth be told, loving your dog is one of the best things you can do to your dog. However, there can be dire consequences for loving your dog or any pet too much. So joining us today to talk about this topic is Dr. John Huber, Chairman for Mainstream Mental Health, a nonprofit organization that brings lasting and positive change to the lives of individuals that suffer from mental health issues. Dr. Huber is the host of Mainstream Mental Health Radio, which is heard nationwide and features interviews with today's top mental health professionals. So thank you so much for joining us today on the Pet Buzz, Dr. Huber. So talk to us about the benefit of having a pet and how they're good for our health. We need to socialize. We're, we're communal animals here. Human beings are. And today we are more and more less likely to actually interact with human beings. We've got all our screen time and our cell phone time. And having this amazing creature, these dogs, kind of fills in a lot of that stuff. You know, when we see 
see our friends in real life and we hang out with them, we get amazing flood of hormones from norepinephrine, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, all these neurotransmitters that actually make our brain function better and more efficiently than we do when we're alone. We actually kind of starve ourselves with some of these neurotransmitters when we're alone. But also there are other great benefits of pets too, right? I mean, couples who have pets fight less, they say in various studies, you have lower blood pressure, um, you have a, a, a better stream of, uh, I guess, a better heart rate. Is, isn't that all that true? Absolutely. It helps lower your heart rate. What I love, I do a lot of high stress stuff and I'll be stressed out and my dog comes and curls up around my feet. She knows I'm stressing out and she comes to calm things down. You know, we get, I have two teenagers. I get upset at my kids and we start, you know, you've got to drive more to whatever's going on. Oh, doctor, I know you fight with your teenage kids. Come on. (laughs) Actually, we really don't fight. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't mean really fight. I meant like, hey, Johnny, you're on the cell phone too much. You know, it's time to do your homework, that kind of stuff. That's what I mean. Absolutely. You know, it's it's interesting how much we love to nurture. I mean, I think human beings have the ability to nurture. And I think, uh, and tell me what you think. I mean, having a dog brings out that capability, yes? Oh, it does. And and it, it it's one of the beautiful things because, you know, if you have a, a newborn child and you don't do things right, you know, you talk about the stress you have with that. Again, when you have your puppy dog, the dog doesn't care. It just wants the interaction and it doesn't care if you got that, $80 bag of dog food that, you know, a handmade at your local, local organic vegan dog food sure. supply shop. You know, you buy that $5 thing at, at, at Big Lots and they love you and they're going to give you that feedback and it's unconditional and they just want the attention. They want, you know, oh man, it is, it is such an amazing thing. How funny is that? But you know, it's true. I mean, you've seen people who have had, I, I call them canine transformations. I'll, I'll give you an example for one person. I remember back in the day when I used to do the, when I started doing the view, Star Jones was there. And, uh, what I always found amusing was, um, there's one big makeup room at, at, at the NBC studio for that particular show. And I would, you know, always be, you know, in makeup and Elizabeth Hasselback would run down the hallway and say, Oh my God, star is coming. You've got to get out because she hates dogs. She did at the time. She didn't like dogs. And, um, yeah. So I would take my golden retriever or whatever dog I had at the time and run back to my little individual green room and, you know, wait for star to be finished. And then, uh, Elizabeth would come in and play with my dog at the time. I had a dog named Burberry that she loved. And, uh, it was so funny because, Years later, after post star on the view and used to see star and, you know, she had marriage problems and all this other stuff. When she got her dog, Pinky Michelle, it was, she was a whole other person. She went from someone who really didn't like dogs to someone who really loved dogs and loved this dog and was seen it, taking this dog to the Kentucky Derby and, you know, and doing all these things with the dog and being photographed with the dog and her husband. And, you know, can we get to a point where we love our pets too much? Well, what I look at and, and I see oftentimes is that uh, it, it becomes a problem when your dog is getting, let's say, extra things that they don't really necessarily need in lieu of you getting, for example, you know, your medicine, your monthly pre- prescriptions for blood mm-hmm. pressure and things like that. You know, that becomes a problem. You know, uh, we love our animals, but 
if we don't take care of ourselves, we won't be there to take care of our animals. Sure. So we have to, you know, if you're going to the point where you're not buying your medication so you can buy your dog an extra sweater this month. Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because it's, I, I don't mean to laugh, but yeah, I, I, I hear you. I definitely hear you. Or you like decide to stay home and not go out with friends over and over and over you know, again. Yeah. Over and over and over. Sometimes that is the healthy thing to do. You know, you need to know where you're at, but uh, we are communal animals. And if we're replacing human beings, all human being contact interaction with dogs, then that becomes a problem too, because, you know, we live much longer than our dogs do, than our pets do. And if you lose that support and you don't have any human support that's been around and, and will be around for you, it can be very psychologically damaging when you lose that dog. And you don't have that vent. You don't have that person to help balance out your life. So we need to interact with human beings. Man, dogs are just, they're so empathic. They're awesome, and, right? Yes. Okay. Exactly. And I'm not giving my dog up for nothing. Okay. Well, everyone, that was Dr. John Huber, chairman for Mainstream Mental Health, discussing having healthy relationships with our pets. To learn more about him and Mainstream Mental Health, visit MainstreamMentalHealth.org. Well, up next, celebrity pet news and flex facts. So I just moved in with this family and it's embarrassing. The little one, he likes to go outside and crawl around in the giant litter box. I don't know what he's doing. I mean, I was born and I knew how to use the litter box. That's disgusting. I really hope he grows out of this for his sake. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. I'm pet expert Charlotte Reed, and I want to remind you how important it is to protect your pet against fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes with preventative tablets and topicals. By giving your dogs and cats preventative meds throughout the year, you are protecting your pet from Lyme disease, heartworm, flea allergies, worms, and more, causing unwanted and costly vet bills. Most importantly, these parasites can infiltrate your home, causing you and your family's health to be compromised. Remember, healthy pet healthy you. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. We first heard about EpiPet at our local rescue shelter where our family adopted Lucy. 10-year-old yellow lab. She was in tough shape, but we noticed within just a few days how soft and thick her coat was getting. She has more energy now, loves to chase her favorite tennis ball, and most importantly, how happy and healthy Lucy is now. We could not be happier. Thanks, EpiPet. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, just visit epi-pet.com. 
That's epi-pet.com. Thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz. This show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. As you know, I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed, the owner of seven dogs and one cat. Oh, my goodness. Well, I just want to remind you to sign up for our new monthly newsletter. It's called The Hive, which is where you will get the past, present, and future scoop about our guest and what Dr. Fleck and I are up to. Check out the pictures like what I wore to Mardi Gras. And definitely see our studio. So sign up for newsletter at thepetbuzz.com. So let's move forward with celebrity pet news. Well, Jennifer Aniston encourages people to vote with the help of her adorable pooch, Clyde, on Super Tuesday. Well, you know, Super Tuesday is long gone, but I did love the fact that Jennifer Aniston did make a difference with her dog, Clyde. The actress who stars in The Morning Show encouraged her fellow Californians to get out and vote in the state's Democratic presidential primary, the biggest prize of all, which is 16 states voting on last Tuesday. Aniston demonstrated her enthusiasm for the democratic process on Instagram, writing every vote counts, wink, pause, and a heart. Aniston posted two pictures starring her dog, Clyde, who sported an I voted sticker. In one picture, there was a kiss on the side of her head of the dog's head by Aniston, and the second photo featured the pooch playing with the stuffed toy where the sticker was in full display. So let's move forward. I want to tell you about poor Paula Abdul. It's one thing to lose one dog in one week, but she lost two of her chihuahuas the same week. Imagine the pain that she must be going through. So we're sorry for her loss, and we and we're sending her our condolences. We posted a tweet out on Twitter, and we encourage you to do the same thing. Hate to see it. Hate to say it, but Wills and Kate are following in Harry and Meghan's footsteps. During their visit to Ireland recently, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge not only met with the president of Ireland, Michael D. Higgins, and his wife, Sabina, but the royals were also warmly greeted by the president's Burmese mountain dog, Brode, which means pride in Gaelic. Brode is no stranger to royal company. During the Sussexes' visit to Ireland as newlyweds in 2018, Broad grew a liking towards Harry and Meghan and follow them around the whole tour of the garden. If you check out these photos that we're going to post on social media, you're going to see why he liked the Sussexes more than the Cambridges. Let me know what you think. Okay, so let's move on with... Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Or fiction. Just the facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! This is going to take long. You got the time. Every dog owner knows that contending with dog hair around the home is inevitable, unless perhaps you own a poodle. But every dog tracks in a multitude of unwanted things, including invisible and potential harmful bacteria and germs. And since the coronavirus is playing a big hand in the news and everyone's talking about how to control germs, we wanted to take this to another level and talk about dogs. Well, as you know, it's a constant battle to keep your floors clean 
as your dog goes in and out of the house, but at least you can see the dirt, mud, grass clippings, and other debris. So North Carolina University investigated the presence of bacteria in households with dogs compared to pet-free households. Not surprisingly, the dog's home had a higher bacteria population representing a wider variety of bacteria. So there was no evidence, however, that any particular dog breed was germier than others. So some of the microbes the study identified included E. coli, uh, MRSA, Salmonella, Listeria, and others that can cause pneumonia or even gingivitis in humans. Well, the North Carolina study also revealed that TV screens and pillowcases hosted the most bacteria of all locations in the home. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? I mean, do dogs spend most of their time in the bed, reclining and watching TV. Well, experts say that the bottom line here is that your entire family, two-legged and four-legged, track in bacteria and germs. But it's interesting because another study showed that dogs track in far fewer bacteria on their paws than people do on their shoes. Maybe paws are smaller and after all, they're also cleaner. Germs and paws, it's inevitable, like we said. It's part of life, so we just have to learn how to deal with it. So here are a few suggestions that you want to do. You always want to wash your hands after handling the dog or the dog's meal, okay? So that's really smart advice in dog homes. Pet sprays are wipes that are similar to hand sanitizers you can use on your dog's paws or all over your dog, but be aware that they are really designed to remove dirt, not kill bacteria. Then there are these cool doggy doormats that are permeated with disinfectant. I kind of like those. Um, there's a, you can have a foot washing station just outside the door with soap a bucket of water, and some towels. Dog booties always work well. And then one of the things that a lot of people are thinking that dog-friendly alternative to grass can make your home and yard look good, but artificial grass is cleaner and safer than the real thing. Now, I don't think I'm ready for artificial grass, but they say pet owners won't have to deal with lawn clippings and other debris, dust and mud, pollen, Mold, mildew, insects that love to like lie and hide out in natural grass. There's no toxic residue from lawn care chemicals. And the other thing that you don't have to deal with is poisonous mushrooms. So these are some steps that you can take if you're worried about dogs and spreading any diseases in your home. But also, I think it's a great idea that you tackle your shoes, put a little Lysol on the bottom before you walk in the house or keep your shoes off anyway. Well, that's all the Flex Facts for the week and more of the Pet Buzz very soon. Bet you can't wait for my I Likey of the week. I'm petronologist Charlotte Reed with a healthy pet, healthy you tip. There are many reasons that you might have to shelter at home with your pets, such as unsafe air quality, dangerous roads, and or high winds and flying debris, but you have to be prepared. So here are some suggestions. Make sure your pet's inside. If it's unsafe for you to be outside, it's unsafe for him too. Know the location of your pet's emergency go bag. It should have already been stocked with extra food, water, first aid kit, and other essentials your pet needs. Take your pet with you to a room that's safe. The room's location is based on whether you are sheltering from a hurricane, earthquake, tornado, flood, or blizzard. If there's a wildfire, it's best to take your pet and leave the premises immediately. 
Bring a battery-operated radio to ensure that you can get updates from emergency officials, even if the power goes out and your phone or Internet connection or down. If time allows, move your pet's favorite bed or blanket to your safe room so that you can make him as comfortable as possible until the threat passes. Since pets can get restless if cooped up inside in one room, bring items to keep them engaged, such as toys, games, and learning activities. Make sure your pet has a place to relieve himself. Keeping puppy pee pads on hand can be useful for this purpose, as can potty training your dog to go indoors. Have a few disposable litter boxes for cats, too. Make sure to have cleaning supplies on hand in case of an accident. Keep your pet away from the windows. Debris may be flying around during a storm due to high winds. In fact, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention says that flying debris is the most common cause of injury during a hurricane. Be ready for you and your pet to leave at a moment's notice. Keep your dog's leash, crate, or carrier, and any necessarily travel gear near the exit. For cats, have a carrier or pop-up shelter and other essentials. Once gone, you can refer to your emergency evacuation plan. You know, pets know when there's panic in the air, so try to remain as calm as possible. This is pet trendologist Charlotte Reed with a healthy pet, healthy you tip. Stay safe. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. We first heard about EpiPet at our local rescue shelter where our family adopted Lucy, a 10-year-old yellow lab. She was in tough shape, but we noticed within just a few days how soft and thick her coat was getting. She has more energy now, loves to chase her favorite tennis ball, and most importantly, how happy and healthy Lucy is now. We could not be happier. Thanks, EpiPet. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, just visit epi-pet.com. That's epi-pet.com. Welcome back. You are listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. And I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. For my I Likey of the Week, I want to know if you have a fat dog. So many people do. That's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. I bet you didn't know that 56% of all dogs are overweight or obese, which is about 56 million dogs in the U.S. of A. Well, Tevra brand Slim Paws is here to help you give your dog a spring makeover. New Slim Paw supplements have a proprietary active ingredient that actually stops the conversion of fat to food. In clinical studies, dogs lost an average of 20% body fat while taking Slim Paws once a day for 12 weeks. You know, it's the new dietary supplement has gone to the dogs now. So all you have to do is give your dog one in the morning and watch the pounds. This is what the company says, melt away over time. And it's super simple. It's real easy. So Slim Paws is the perfect first step in a lifestyle change for your dog. You know, once he gets thinner, he'll be healthier. He'll be happier. You'll be able to get more activity. Here's an idea. Why don't you lose some weight with your dog? See what you guys can do together, okay? 
So Slim Paws is available at slimpaws.com and in March at PetSmart locations. So if you do do the Slim Paws challenge, send me a picture. I want to see what your pet looked like before and after. More information, like I said, slimpaws.com. So let's get on with it because our next guests are holding on the phone. So are you a pet connoisseur looking for a side hustle or have you dreamed about a writing job that reflects your passion? If so, pet blogging could be for you. Joining us today is Carol Bryant and Maggie Martin, the authors of Pet Blogging for Love and Money. Don't you like that name, Kyle? I love that, yeah. Carol is the award-winning dog blogger and founder of FidosofReality.com. Maggie is an award-winning blogger, too. Check her out. OhMyDogBlog.com and TheZeroWastePet.com. Super cool names. I like that. I know. Okay, so Carol, what prompted the two of you to write a book about pet blogging? Hi, Charlotte. So for the past decade or so, Maggie and I, we've been helping brands to develop themselves. Uh, We've helped influencers grow from their startups to success. And we looked around and saw that most influencer marketing books were not catering to the pet owner, to the pet blogger, to the pet online person. And as you know, the, the pet industry is so lucrative but that resource was missing. So we came together after all of the years of, of, of being on each other's radar and working together, and we thought, let's write a book. Literally, those were our words. Let's write a book. And this is the most comprehensive, most up-to-date way for people to learn how to start and run their own viral pet blog. It really was just a labor of love and a very specific need that exists. And let's hope this labor of love and this need of coming together makes you even more money. Right? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Sounds like you're on your way. So, Maggie, I'm thinking about starting a pet blog. What are the blogging basics that I need to get started? The only thing anyone needs, truly, is a connection to the Internet. You can launch a blog on a computer, on an iPad, even if the only thing you have is your phone. That's really all you need. Uh, Once you have the Internet connection, you need a platform. And while there are tons and tons out there. Carol and I always recommend WordPress. Even if you start out with the basic free WordPress account, if you ever plan to turn your blog into a business, or even if it's just going to be a piece of another business that you already have, WordPress is the gold standard. So we, in our book, we touch on a few of the others, but we really emphasize WordPress. So other than that, if you are capable of typing in a Word doc, you can launch a blog right out of your phone. And the great thing is there are all sorts of designs and they're even like, I believe there is even a pet template too for pet businesses. I'm sure there are probably thousands of pet templates by now. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So Carol, you know, I can go to WordPress, get going, but content is key. Everybody knows that you're top notch writers. So content has to be grade A, correct? So absolutely. Content, you know, it's a really small word, but it packs a tremendous punch in the pet blogging world. Content is the foundation of any blog. So if people are online sitting down at their computer and they have an answer to a question, so I sit down and I want to know how to train my adult rescue dog to potty outside or what's the best food for kittens? People somewhere are sitting down and typing that in every day. How cool is it that you provide the answer if you have a blog? That's what content is. So I sit down at my computer. What cat litter is best? I need information. 
I sit down at my computer and I want to do something. I'd like a ticket to the Global Pet Expo. Or I'm going somewhere. I want to see all of the places that Maggie and her family have traveled on ohmydogblog.com. Well, by doing all of those things, it's all about content. So without content, it's kind of like having a house that's got no windows, doors, or structure. If you don't have content, you don't have anything, and that's the crux. That is your learn to write, write well, and write for your audience. That's why content is important. Well, Maggie, I'm sure both of you um, do this blog for a labor of love, but how do you turn your blog into a business and make money? Yeah, that is, I think, the number one question that we've been asked. Uh, I think when Carol and I started working on our own blogs online, which, Carol, I think it was more than a decade ago that we each started, Mm -hmm. which is crazy, Mm -hmm. there were not many ways to turn a profit from just the blog, from just having the URL. Now, there are countless revenue streams. You can have ads and sponsorships. You can partner up with a brand, book deals, everything. But you can get modeling gigs, spokespersonships. You can create products. People sell ebooks, they sell t-shirts, they sell mugs, all from these blogs. So even though there are dozens of ways to monetize, ultimately, how you make money from your blog, how you turn it into a business is serving an audience. You need to attract and retain people uh, in order to have something to sell or add to serve to them. You can't earn an income uh, as an influencer, what they're calling it these days, unless you have a solid, loyal audience in place. And, you know, the two of you have been in the industry for such a long time. And the fact that you are, you know, working hard and coming together and uniting, I think it's great. And, you know, so many times we see manufacturers making money, but we don't see a lot of influencers making money. I mean, I think it's also important to note that in our business, the top bloggers or the top influencers are not people, right? They're dogs. So seeing the two of you unite, come together and doing a book is one of the reasons I wanted to have you here because we have so many great influencers who are out there who are supporting and writing positive messages and talking about pets in a real way is very, very helpful. You know, you've both been on various different radio shows, TV shows. I mean, Gail King is one of your big supporters, Carol, correct? Yes, we were on uh, the Gail King show back when it was Oprah radio and, um, She's been talking about this for ages, too. So influencer is just that new term. It's been around forever. Exactly. So now is the time to take charge and promote this great book and the work that you have done together. Maggie and Carol, thanks for joining us today. Such great information. Thank you for having us. And so helpful. I mean, you know, I think it's true. I mean, I think when you're in an industry, even though the industry makes so much money, like various organizations say in the pet industry, you know, as influencers, as people who love pets, who want to share their story and help others. I think blogging is a great way to do it. And, you know, I have to say congratulations to Carol Bryan, who is now the president of DWAA. So congratulations, Carol. That's the Dog Writers Association of America. We're so happy that you are here. And Maggie is a fantastic writer, an award-winning author, and mom of two. So she's got to balance the dogs and the kids, right? Whereas Carol yeah. has, her, whereas Carol has her cocker spaniels. Well, I hope you guys come back soon and with some new topics for us. I'd love to have you both back. We would love that. Thank Thanks you for having, having us. us. 
Sure, it's a great book. Well, everyone, that was Maggie Martin and Carol Bryant, two top bloggers, cool chicks, and known writers in the pet space. Okay, up next, we're going to talk about the possibility of China helping Pakistan with ducks. Stay tuned, I'll explain. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. I'm petrologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We are urban, suburban, and, and country. And now, pet buzz news from around the globe. I know this sounds weird, but experts in China are exploring their options when it comes to helping Pakistan battle one of the worst locust infestations that the country has seen in nearly two decades. According to several reports, one potential method includes sending approximately 100,000 ducks from one of the southern Chinese provinces to Pakistan to comment the bugs. According to a senior researcher with the Zizang Academy of Agricultural Sciences, they said that ducks are a biological weapon. They're more effective than pesticides. So listen to this. So one duck is able to eat more than 200 locusts in a day. This method was used prior when China shipped 30,000 ducks from one of its provinces to another in 2000 to battle the locust infestation in the region. What do you think about that? I mean, it's unbelievable. I'm surprised that, I mean, I guess breeding ducks is a big business in China. And who would think that ducks eat locusts? I'm kind of curious. I want to stay tuned and follow up on that story. I'm thinking about all of that yummy duck. Oh, well. And then what will they do when, do they ship them back or when they're done eating the locust and the infestation is gone or do they keep them? More on that thought later, but let's move on from the global news to bring you our next and last guest. A dog park is a park for dogs to exercise and play off leash in a controlled environment. Of course, under supervision of their owners, but at times fights break out and these fights can cause serious injury to dog owners and their pets. So joining us today is certified professional dog trainer, Robin Bennett. Robin is an author, speaker, and an expert on dogs. Her expertise involves breeding dogs. Robin, what does it mean to breed dogs? Well, dogs can't talk, but they have an entire language that they actually speak through their bodies. So reading dogs really means understanding all those nuances of their body language. 
And they can tell us quite a bit, especially about whether or not they're happy just by watching their body. It's a language that we can learn just like any other language. It's just canine body language instead of English or Spanish or a language like that. So let's talk about the topic at hand, because I think this is where your expertise is really going to help us to understand why do dogs fight at dog parks? Because we obviously don't want our dogs to get hurt. Usually when they're fighting at a dog park, it's they're scared or they're anxious or they're nervous, and they're really just looking for a way to defend themselves. A lot of times when a dog gets overwhelmed, They'll try to move away from the thing that's overwhelming them. And if that's not possible, then they end up trying to get the other thing to move away from them, which is what dogs are usually fighting about. They're trying to get that space. And for some dogs, really, the best defense is a good offense. So they'll strike out sometimes, even when they really are just overwhelmed and scared. It's it's more about just not being appropriate in the dog park and not having fun. And then they result if that results in a fight. If you've just joined us, we're speaking with dog trainer extraordinaire, Robin Bennett, who is talking to us about breaking up fights at dog parks. So if dogs are fighting, how's the best way to break up a fight? Because I think that's a question people really want to know. Yeah, that's one of the most common questions that I get asked. And I will say for 99% of the population, the gut instinct is to grab the dogs and try to separate them by pulling them away from each other. And I would say that should be the absolute last resort because it's really a really good way to get bitten. If you reach in there, it's liable for the dog to turn around and and bite because they don't realize who it is or what it is that's grabbing them. So if you have two dogs that are fighting, uh, the first thing I would try to do is make a really loud noise, some kind of yelling or clapping. If you have a sharp sounding whistle or anything you can make a noise with, that hopefully will startle the dog enough to kind of say, whoa, what was that? And take that moment of startle and try to get your dog away and throw a leash over them or hook them up to the leash and move them. If that doesn't work, you can also try to throw a coat over them or a jacket and try to startle them that way. Sometimes when dogs can't see, they'll release because they're a little bit overwhelmed because now they are in the dark. And again, in that moment where they get startled and they separate, you know, grab the dog then. So grabbing them by their while they're actually fighting should actually be a last resort. I think a whistle, Dr. Fleck, would be a good idea because, A, it's inexpensive. You can have it around your neck. And if you're in the Northeast where it's cold, you would have a jacket. But down here in Florida, we don't always have jackets at the dog park. Right. 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 A lot of places also, like in dog daycares, they'll have an emergency measure to use like a, a marine boat horn. It's a loud kind of a thing you can carry on your pocket, but it just makes a really loud noise which, again, is designed to help startle the dogs. Yeah, definitely a tough situation. So let's just take a step back. What type of dogs or canine personality types should go to the dog park? And this is such a great point because we can prevent a lot of fights just by getting the right dogs in the dog park to begin with. So generally speaking, you you want a little bit of the adolescent age dogs nine months to three years, they're the age group that generally is going to like that high energy kind of behavior that happens in the dog park. So they're the number one thing I would look at. But then really the best dog park dogs are ones that are easygoing. They're really laid back. And of course, they have to love being around other dogs. I think you can prevent a lot of fights by paying attention. So many times when I lived in New York and I went to the dog park, people were more interested in socializing, drinking coffee than they were paying attention to their dog. You know, people had their backs to their dogs. So a lot of times 
the coffee was flying and people were falling off the benches or the tables when they had to break up a dog park. So I think uh, vigilance is absolutely key. Okay. So where do owners make the mistake? I mean, I've talked about not paying attention. What about like having, you know, leashes on the dog or bringing toys or equipment to the dog park? Food. Yeah, I would absolutely say the biggest issue with, with the pet parents is them not paying attention. But also, really, I would leave their own toys and treats at home. I I would give a treat to your dog if no other dogs are around. But obviously, as soon as other dogs in the dog park see you have food, they're going to come running up to you. And sometimes that can cause a fight. Um, and then a lot of times it is reading the dog's body language. And what are they saying? Dogs that are hiding, dogs that are going in between your legs or pawing at you or they're pawing at the gate. Those are all dogs saying, I want to go home. And a lot of times the pet parents don't recognize that. And they'll just say, oh, no, we're having fun. I'm still talking to my friend. Keep on playing. And that's when dogs get into trouble because they're, they've already said, I'm overwhelmed. Now what? And their next reaction generally is going to be to get into a fight because they're so overwhelmed. So it really does come down to paying attention. But all of those things are so important for the dog owners to really watch their dogs when they're in the park. So lastly, how can we prevent fighting? Just give us one tip. Yeah. I would say that my number one tip is to keep your dogs away from the most dangerous location in the park, which is the gate. So once you get your dog in the park and they other dogs come in and your dog goes running down there to greet them, I would get your dog away. I would call them away move them away, just learn to move away from the gate because that becomes the most dangerous area of the dog park. And a lot of fights happen right there. Robin, thank you so much for joining us today on the Pet Buzz. This information is really necessary information for people to take their pets to the dog parks. And save money because you remember when I told you I got bit at the dog park, it cost hundreds of dollars. Then I had to make sure my dog was checked out. Well, also so, the pain associated with the dog. And right? it was painful. Yeah. I got bitten on the hand. Well, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, that was Robin Bennett. To learn more about her and her fantastic training techniques, visit RobinKBennett.com. And we're going to make sure we post a picture and her contact information on our social media pages so you can check her out. She's got a lot of great information on that site. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. So it's always too soon to wrap the show. But before we go, we want to give you a preview for next week's show. So next week, we're going to talk more about the coronavirus because we're really curious about that dog that's tested positive. Obviously, we want to know what's going on in Australia in terms of the wildfires. And if you don't know this, March is Pet Poison Awareness Month. So we want to go over some outdoor poisons that you'll be aware of with your pet. Also, we want to give special thanks to Dr. John Huber, Carol Bryant, Maggie Martin, and Robin Bennett. And, of course, we always have to thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Now, we say this every week, but we really want to hear from you. So if you have a question, a comment, write to us at teamatthepetbuzz.com, and we'll cover it in next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as our favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. And remember, it's most important, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. So I'm going to always say it. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. 
The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.